Blog Talk Radio. Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the TS Radio Network. Tonight's show is in the mix, where you get to enjoy both myself and Kaz Scaife. Say hello, Kaz. Hello, Marty and everyone. It's going to be a great night. You were... Yeah, yes, it is. Um, we're doing something a little different tonight. Uh, with all that goes on in these issues we deal with, whether it be probate, guardianship, CPS, family court, anything that they have taken out of the law and moved over into a tribunal setting. There are all of these people clinging on the outside edge who are constantly causing trouble, uh, attacking other people, and then if anything is said, they fall back and play the victim. And this has gone on ever since I've been in this which has been 12 years, and we're 1,500 shows along. And But tonight we decided we were going to talk about this openly. It's one of the dirty little secrets in all of these um, issues. And with the literally hundreds of pages that people have set up to address any one of or several of these issues, uh, these people always appear, and the first thing they will do, and I put this in the promo because it is important. If anyone approaches you claiming they're some big time, the best known, they're the leader of the pack, and if it wasn't for them, but give them all your contacts. Don't give yeah. your contacts to anyone. You don't have the right to do that, first off, without their permission. And then the what they're particularly interested in is – your political connections, should you have any, and but most important of all, media. They want your media contacts. And if you get any kind of press about, you know, anything that you're doing, they will immediately locate those people that sponsored it, whether it's a TV station, another radio show, whatever it is, and will try to put themselves into it. And, of course, the talk is always the same. They're the lead advocate. They're their number one authority. They're the the best guardianship advocate out in the country, and they are anything but. Now, what we have noted over the years is that everywhere these people show up, there seems to be trouble. These people always lead. I did a show uh, cause with uh, Sharon DeLobo here about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. The first time I ever spoke to her, towards the end of the show, she had said, be careful of people who lead the conversation with I. I this, I that, I something else. She said, stay away from Mm -hmm. them. She said, go to the people who begin the conversation with we. Those are people who want to work with others, who can work with others. Because it would have been funny had it not been so weird 
within yeah. three to four minutes of that show, an email was circulating from one of the glory hogs um, who began the second paragraph of the email with a giant-sized, capitalized, bolded word, we, and have played mm. on that word ever since. And, of course, everybody read it. I got so much response on that. People were going, you know, what are they talking about? When has it ever been a we situation? Um <laughs> But these are people the that will put you to work. Trainable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The glory. Yeah. Well, and and then the other thing is, um, there's that saying, "There's no I in team." Right. And, yeah, the um, letter I. Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah. And it, but people are writing to me and going, "Did you see this?" Well, of course I did because the person sending it sent me a copy just as a gotcha. And um, mm-hmm. but then went on in the continuation of the email to rip me up one side and down the other. Now, uh-huh. I don't care because, um, and I'm going to tell you, this was followed up by a lengthy letter to Sharon DeLobo trashing me. And Sharon published it and said, this is the kind of person this is, not speaking about me, but the person who wrote the email. And. But we've all had to endure this. We've all had to put up with these people who run on the periphery, who absolutely cannot be a team player. Like I say, they will put you to work, doing all the footwork, take all of your work, and stand up and go, look what I did. I did this if it wasn't Mm -hmm. for me. And they don't do anything. They actually don't do anything. They gather up your information, your hard work, what you have sent them, and then they lead out as if it was all stuff they discovered or came up with, or did themselves. So you have to watch out for these people. There's people that are in this as self-promotion. They're not interested in the cause. They want to be a celebrity. They want to yes. be the big shot. They want to be, you know, everybody looks to me. Uh, we had one here a couple of years ago that was promoting himself as the nation's lead advocate in guardianship and got his feelings hurt. When he was said no, the response was, no, you're not. That would be Marty Oakley. And apparently the world came close to ending at that point. But stay away from these people. I'm not interested in being a celebrity. And I'm not interested in being on camera. And I'm not interested in dealing (laughs) with politicians, although I'm going to have to this next week. um, Because Mm -hmm. it's pointless. And I don't drag political names around and drop them. (laughs) Trying to impress everyone. But look at who I'm talking with. That's how important I am. Oh, mm-hmm. please. But, you yeah. know, I mean, we I, learned this in the Alaska, Alaska case. Uh, we yeah. had a heck of a time, you know, keeping these mm-hmm. provocateurs, and that's what I consider them to be, out yeah. of the cases we were following and working with. And, by the way, I want to say something here. People are always saying, well, you know, so-and-so's doing this and so-and-so's doing that, and they're in this case and they're in that case, and, but I don't see anything from you. We keep what we do under wraps. We're not looking for stardom, and we're not looking to, right. to everybody look at us and go, oh, I'm so impressed. I'm not interested. We, and we don't the main show our reason cards. is to keep – there you go. Uh, uh-huh. Doing so many times will mess up what you've got going. Mm-hmm. And then when these people intercede and they come in or try to interfere, insert themselves into it, um, they always come in with leading with this. Well, you you know, I'm the most important person of all, 
but they'll start hammering you. And it's nonstop mm-hmm. phone calls, yeah. messages all day long, you know, or emails or uh, text messaging. Why won't you communicate with me? I don't understand why you won't communicate. I suppose somebody sp- is, you know, dirtied the well before I got there. No, your <laughs> reputation speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't have to do anything. And, um, you know, and that's the thing. And, you know, like I say, with the, the our cases up in Alaska now with COVID, we've had to um, cancel planned trips up there to deal with that. Um, yeah. But and everything has been delayed and stalled. So because of that. And but what I did uh, yesterday, cause and I meant to tell you, uh, there may be a Zoom hearing. And um, if there is, we have been invited. So, oh, did you talk to Cindy? Uh, she tried. She, I yeah. saw she tried calling, but I've been so busy. I haven't been able to return her phone call. But yeah. it sounds like she got a hold yeah. of you. Awesome. Oh, Cindy is yeah. just going so, through. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, oh man. So you know we have we have all tried um, to, to. I don't know. You you try to be a comfort to people and you try to help them mm-hmm. and. They have, uh, some people will listen to you and others, I I think they're just so desperate, will do things yeah. that they shouldn't do yeah. uh, or they'll take bad advice from someone else. And that's another thing. If you're working with any of the advocacy groups, stick with that group. Don't go over into another group because everybody's going to have their own particular idea of how your case should be handled and if you get all of these people talking in there it isn't a lack of cooperation and it isn't a lack of we don't want to work with that's not what it's about but you get too much information coming in because as you'll know with many of these groups cause they all have differences in how they approach things how they do things what they think should be done absolutely agree yes and so you need to find a group that you are comfortable with i don't care who it is um, find someone you are comfortable with that is working with you to try and resolve your issues and stick with them. Now, you're not always going to hear what you want to hear. And right. it's not always <laughs> going to turn out the way you want it to. But you need right. to keep a steady focus. And you can't do that jumping from this group to that group to another group. And then, of course, is you know we've talked about this cause, all the animosity that is generated by the glory hogs. Um, right. I think that is so unfortunate. And it, at the same time, such, they're the same ones talking about working together. Oh, please. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just like it's like predators on their prey. The minute that you first, you know, this hits you like this is happening to my family and this is wrong. And you start, you know, looking and investigating. You are an emotional wreck. You because you're I mean, it's like it's shock. I I remember when it first happened to us and we didn't have, I couldn't find the kind of stuff that can be found now out there. I mean, I ended up finding NASCA Mm -hmm. and that was amazing, but we didn't find NASCA until we were, they had already filed the um, emergency hearing to remove the family of the guardianship. So we had, that's when we started doing all the searches to know that, wow, this is a scam and this is going on. Had we been able to find the information sooner and 
I mean, we're talking probably two and a half years had been going on already before we had found NASCA. I really do feel that the issue is out there more and that people that get into this, you know, they fall into the, the spider's web of these, of these probate mm-hmm. courts. I feel they're going to be able to find others easier and especially NASCA easier and mm-hmm. find other people to talk to. I just remember, like, the shock, the emotions, like, is this really happening? And you think you're the only one, and it's just so comforting to find others. But the the predators know that you are so emotionally unstable at this moment because it's like a form Mm -hmm. of, um, what do they call that, legal abuse syndrome. So it's like a form of, like, a PTSD where you're in shock, and you're like, this is the United States. How can this be happening in our country? And that seems to be the overwhelming feeling that people go through. And I always feel like the only reason, like, I always think like, oh, my gosh, why do I get to be on Marty's show? And why do I get to do stuff with Nazca and Catherine Falk? And I'm just a baker. And you know what it is? It's just my, it's my story. And it's the fact that I went through it. And I can talk to people and say, you know, this is what happened to me. And this is what, what you know, the next step is because you start to learn that playbook. And I really feel that. Right. I hope that that's a realness about about me because I've always I've often been like, oh my gosh, I got to speak at the whistleblower summit, and I'm so very humbled by it all. And I just think, why why is it me? You know, why am I here? And it's just it's because of an experience and because I've I've gone through it. But I also because I've gone through it, I know that feeling of desperation, and I'm so glad that no glory hog had put their talons into me when I was so frail at that moment and I my heart breaks for anybody who is in that fragility of just having the start and have a glory hall come and put their talons in you I, I can't imagine that destruction and and what that would do yeah. I, I'm just so grateful that didn't happen to me I just can't even well, imagine and you know it's been awful and yes and, and you know, it's bad enough we've talked about. Uh, I've had people ask me at various meetings and things I've gone to, and I've traveled 26 states now. And they've asked me, wow. you know, well, what is it? You know, why are people so upset? And why, you know, and I said, the first thing that upsets them is they walk into this tribunal. They're not aware they are not in a court of law, which mm-hmm. means the Constitution does not apply. Your Bill of Rights is not there. You have no right to a jury. You have no right to due process. And the hearing examiner, who is not a judge because judges judge the law, a hearing examiner or an administrative executive administers code, title, and statute. All of that is outside of the Constitution. But what happens to people cause, and I've talked about this before, is they are traumatized when they walk in there and they find Mm -hmm. out It's very apparent that the hearing examiner has animosity towards them, um, is talking to them in strange ways that they shouldn't be doing. They're quite nasty many times. Many Mm -hmm. times they're not allowed to speak at all. Um, If they come in with an attorney, I would say 99 times out of 100, that attorney is working with the guardian and their attorney at the court. Mm -hmm. And... They'll sit there and won't say a word. People come away. They won't do anything to defend their client or to present a case for them. Nothing. They're simply collecting the money and hitting the road. 
And what yeah. happens? And you know what else I they do, Marty? They... What I was going to say. Let everyone know this: when you go into that courtroom, and let's say you have your friends with you, or you know anybody else, the judge will figure out how to kick everyone out of that courtroom so they can't yes. be witness of it. That is the dirty right. trick that you see over and over. So you can't even have a, your own support group in there. Oh, and right. they'll have some reason of privacy and kicking everyone out. So you're yeah. stuck in there by yourself. Right. With no witness to see what they did to you. What they did to you. Um, and now they're mm-hmm. even checking for recorders and cameras with audio and all of that. Um, because this, is, this has become such a problem of them trying to catch them the proof of what they are actually doing in these tribunals. Mm-hmm. But this is what happens to people. It's they're traumatized. Everything they thought they knew, everything they believed in about the judicial system just got shattered yeah. in front of them. And I've yeah. talked to more people that just, you know, I, I can't get over that. I'm just in shock. You know, yeah. and you can't do anything. I went to the state's attorney general. They haven't got anything to say about it because this is a probate tribunal, and they deal with the law, mm-hmm. and they don't deal with statute code, and on and on. And and people are traumatized because yes, they've they just are. realized they're for sale. They've just realized they, in essence, really don't have any rights. They don't have any mm-hmm. protections. And that person sitting up there behind the bench could give a damn less. And... Right. It's just, I don't know. But um, this is why, if you're wondering why we don't run out and advertise everything we're doing and talk about how great we are, is to keep things quiet, is to keep things mm-hmm. from becoming uh, episodic, so to speak, um, and to stop this unwanted interference. Uh, and these people who do this always come with these big promises. Uh, lots of big talk about how important they are, who they're connected to, who they're going to talk to, and all these promises about what they're going to do and what they can do and what they've done before, which most times bears out to be nothing, even though they'll claim differently. Um, It just, I don't know. I feel bad for all of us because I truly do. We, as a country are in serious trouble we've got a judicial system and a court system including the tribunals that are absolutely the most unconstitutional things going and Mm -hmm. i i don't know but families you know talking about well so and so called me and i don't know where they got my number and they called me and they said this and they said that and they what all they were going to do and then I don't hear anything from them. And then I find out they talked to maybe my representative or they talked to, uh, they contacted the attorney we're using or, and they don't get anything from that attorney because they won't talk about it. But that attorney doesn't want that interference. (laughs) And he doesn't Mm -hmm. want that kind of stuff rolling in. They got enough to do. And we've had people who have lost their legal representation. If in fact they had any, um, because of this, they, these people don't want to be assaulted and assailed and bug every 15 minutes about why won't you talk to me. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, in one case, because uh, some of the messages that were left is, I, I don't know why you won't talk to me. I've never spoken with you before. And I thought, oh, good Lord. Um, and the woman I was talking to said, apparently, this person doesn't remember getting it into it with me last year. And was told never to contact me again. 
and wow. started in again. But, you know, it's just, um, I don't know. And you'd think these people would wear out and go away. But I, they don't yeah, have anything I don't understand else. that. If, yeah. if someone told me stuff like, go away, don't talk to me, and I'd be horrified. I would just be like, what have I done? Oh, my, I would feel terrible. <laughs> I I yeah. mean, oh my, oh my goodness! I just can't. I, I don't know how people just keep going on and going on and going on when everyone's like slamming Especially, the door in your face because and you're then rude. The, these people, yes, because and the, yeah. the thing is, these people get outed all the time for these outrageous mm-hmm. stories they tell about magic feats they performed that never happened, uh, meetings they claim mm-hmm. they were. Uh, the prime speaker at that they weren't invited to. And, you know, I mean, the list goes on. I, I don't know how mm-hmm. you do this, uh, but it was posited to me by several friends out in D.C. that some of these people may be paid provocateurs, paid to come in oh, and cause trouble, cause, you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, basically make the rest of us look like idiots. But, one thing I can assure everybody listening, if you contact Cause and I about a case, we keep it quiet. We don't give out your information. We don't hand out your mm-hmm. phone number. We don't do any. If we ever need to or feel we need to, we'll contact you first and get your permission in writing to do so. Um, we never would hand over contact information without your permission. And again, to those if you're approached and I need all of your contacts, and the reason they want your contacts is they can't hardly get any on their own. So they'll, if you send them all your contacts, they add that to the list of people they email and solicit, and and, um, and then they put out that uh, we, I have, you know, <laughs> hypothetically a thousand people that depend on me. No, you have one person that thought they could, and 999 they got thrown in your email list. That's what you got, and um, but it's just. You don't do that. Don't give out other people's emails, phone numbers, anything to contact. You don't have the right to do that. You don't want it done to you. Don't do it to mm-hmm. someone else, and particularly if it's media or politicians. Yeah. Do not give that information out. If you want to see that political door slammed in your face, you just hand off that information to one of these glory hugs and see how fast that happens. Um, they they absolutely mm-hmm. will not put up with it. So well, Marty, anyway, you have ahead. been. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say. Go I, I, well, anyone out there listening, you need like uh, what is what is that? The person who it's like a, what is that called when you have your representative? You know, all the all the um actors and actresses have them. Their, the agent. Yeah, the agent. That's it. So you need an agent, Marty, because. You've been just getting, like, hit up left and right. You had to get another uh, secret phone, and I was, like, really honored that I got the secret phone number because your phone's just getting blown <laughs> up. I was like, yeah. oh, my goodness, Marty. So that's just well, that's just something. You know, since a current affair um, gave us that little bit of coverage in that episode they did on that guardianship case, out of Australia, mm-hmm. and that was a fellow named Doug. His dad was in a Jewish nursing home, the family being Jewish, and they were, it was just terrible. When we interviewed him, he was close to tears, and now they are trying to, because he contacted the head CEO 
a very wealthy man, because he couldn't get a response out of the nursing home managers about what his father being neglected and them not being allowed to share holy days together, which is very important for Jewish men. And that, you know, the, the things were just terrible for him. And because he contacted the head of that company that owned that home, he turned around and is charging Doug said that he's stalking him. And this can carry a 10 year prison sentence. And that he, it was threatening. He doesn't say how it's threatening. He just said, you know, I've tried to work with the managers and they won't work with me. Can you please help? And this is what he gets back. Well, anyway, so a current affair there in, in Australia did a, um expose on this. And they mentioned TS Radio and the fact that we are an international broadcast and um, – credited us for the interview and so on and things just blew up behind that we actually Mm -hmm. have i'm estimating a bigger audience cause in australia than we do here and we've got a sizable audience here and uh i know uh for my birthday on the first uh the people from australia just absolutely that you know on my phone and email and skype Uh uh just it's, it, it was humbling, and um, but so things have blown up. So if I don't get back to you right away, don't think I'm ignoring you. <laughs> it's just been very hectic. And yeah, yes, like I say, this thing with the current affair, affair. Oh, and I also found out from one of the producers I was talking to um, that apparently the attempts to contact them from certain parties began almost immediately yes 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 it's like it's like uh, you don't have a shadow your shadow is a glory hog you know well you know it it, it's just on the one hand it's kind of humorous on the other you know get a life and Mm -hmm. um like i say we don't we don't advertise what we do what we're working on we don't expose the people we're working with to that kind of perusal by people um, when we win, which we have here and there, mm-hmm. we we like to bring that out. But that's about yeah. the family and the victim. That's not about me and cause. Right. But anyway, so that's what what we've been doing. Um, you were going to bring up something else, cause, and I'm trying for the life of me, I can't um, think of what it was. I was going to ask you what's going on with this Newt Gingrich podcast because I heard I don't know. That, so, well, he. See, this is why you need an agent. Okay, so what is this? Is he just started? I don't know if everyone knows who Newt Gingrich is because he was like, I'm gonna just go off the top of my head because I'm guessing that anyone I might represent most people. He was like a Speaker of the House in the '90s, yes. was it? And yes. he's um he's yeah, the, he's he was one. on the Republican. Newt or Newt? Yeah, I just remember. The- yeah. They, he's the one who led the impeachment against Bill Clinton, and he used to lead oh, okay. the um, representative, Republican representatives into the House, double row, single file, double rolls, and they walked in all pious, holding their Bibles and everything else. And then Larry Flint, who published Hustlers magazine, offered a million dollars reward for anybody that could bring a verifiable documentable information to him about any one of these people, Bob Livingston, 
ended his political career. Mister, I'm religious and I love God, and you know, and <clears throat> blah 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 blah. Turns out he's oh, got no. a mistress and an illegitimate child that he's paying child support for. He's gone. Newt Gingrich got outed for. This man has some strange proclivities when it comes to sex, and mm. but he left his first wife in the hospital having surgery for cancer, left her and the kids, took off with his mistress, and the Baptist church there, I think it was in Tennessee, I might be wrong, but I believe it was Tennessee, uh, supported her and the kids because he never did. And then he's married to wife number two. He's got another mistress, the woman he's married to now, that Callista who lived across the street in the apartments across the street from the Senate Hart building. And um, he divorces wife number two and marries Callista. Now, I can't imagine whoever looked at that man and thought, Lord, i got to have me a piece of that. But somebody <laughs> apparently did. And, um, but uh, he, he was going to run for president here. Um, mm-hmm. But my point about bringing this up about the impeachment before I go on, is it got outed that these Bible-believing Christians that were acting so pious and so solemn and somber and parading in with their Bibles in hand to impeach the president turned out to be bigger, uh, what do I want to say, freaks than the president thought about being. So that all fell apart. And wow. But anyway, um, then here, I think it was during, um, is either the last campaign of Bush two, or the first one between um, Obama and Clinton and he was going to run on the Republican ticket and the man honestly believed he said this on air that once people find out I'm running I'll be swept into the White House and he couldn't even get a PAC committee together Um, he wasn't swept anywhere but out the door so what he's doing now I don't know but well, but, uh, I'm guessing you yeah. will not be accepting any any um, any invitations to go on his podcast because he's like putting like all the he's like interviewing the podcasters. Yeah, I just yeah. Well, but you're we can, like no. We can always go on there. I don't have to like the man, you know. If it will do us any good, yes, I will. Or I'll put yeah. you on there. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I like trying to even remember, you know, you know, okay, let's see. How old was I? Do I remember? I had, I got some of the stuff right. So I don't yeah. know. That would be weird. I don't know. He might like devour me. Yeah. I don't know. Whoa. But anyway, <laughs> he's, he's putting all these different pod. Oh. He has a podcast for podcasters. That's uh-huh. what is it? He's been doing it for like a year and a half world. No. I, I heard a radio. I heard a radio. Um, a radio ad, and now Hillary Clinton's going to have a podcast that she's starting up. So, you are trendsetter. Oh, thank God. Everyone's doing a podcast yeah. now. Everyone's yeah. <laughs> doing it. Me, me, and fifty thousand other people, and um, but it said, well, nobody listens to uh, national news anymore. I I just read here a couple days ago where they're now down to six percent of the audience they had. 10 years ago and they blame the internet and podcasters and they said much of which is fake news no it's not it's not propaganda and i'm going to give you an example of that this faked up covid thing the cdc just came out and admitted they have not identified and cannot identify any such virus 
but wear your mask anyway. Oh, wait, we said in our special report, wearing a mask does no good. Even if you're sick, it does no good to wear a mask. Oh, we'll skip mm-hmm. all of that. Well, then um, they said that um, unless the government did something, they estimated that 200,000 people in the second wave were going to be affected. The head chief chemist for Pfizer comes out and says there isn't going to be any second wave because there was never a first wave. And whatever this was, you know, mostly they went after the elderly and conveniently many of them died. <clears throat> but there is no pandemic to speak of. Never was. Uh-oh. Not to be daunted. They came out the next day and said it could be more than 200,000 because 3 million people have been tested positive. The CDC said if you don't have any symptoms, don't get tested. And the CDC admitted that only 9,000 people actually had anything they could call COVID and over 750,000 people had been tested. So if Oh, 9,000 actually had something. How did 160,000 people die from COVID? The math doesn't work. And so let's go back to this 200,000. Okay. Um, Two days later, it's 300,000 people could die or estimated that are going to die. And I assume that's elderly people as soon as they can get them caged up. And more than 7 million people are now infected in 24 hours. It's a con from one end to the other. I got tickled. I I don't know if you watched the debate. I did. I I don't know why. Mm -hmm. It like burned my eyes out. Which um, which one? Did you watch both of them? Yes. Yeah, uh, I did too. But the one with Trump and Biden. Trump and Biden. Mm -hmm. God help me. It was like uh, one of the writers on my site put it out. You know, they just came short of calling each other doo-doo head and poop face. <laughs> but, um, you know, Trump, uh, everybody was cringing. And you got to see the real man, this out of control, no boundaries, no morals, no sense of decorum, no sense of presence, no sense of who he was supposed to be and what he was supposed to represent you saw the schoolyard bully who got confronted screaming like a little girl with a green bus, bug on his dress. I was never so ashamed and the beating we took globally over this. We were the laughing stock. The backlash off of this was fierce. And they kept trying to say, oh, it was Mike Wallace. No, it wasn't. It was Trump. Well, well, Biden, Biden, Biden didn't get a word in edgewise because you couldn't talk over Big mouth. <clears throat> so in an effort to clean this up, two days after the debate, supposedly him and Melania test positive for COVID, but they're asymptomatic, meaning they, if they even took a test, they didn't find anything because there is nothing to find according to the DC, CDC. So suddenly he's in the hospital, Walter Reed, for two days where they've got him on these antiviral drugs Uh, vitamin D and some other things, supposedly. Two days later, after that, he walks out of Walter Reed and back to the White House. This is a pure freaking damn miracle. 
this was a, and my writer called it right, this was a Hail Mary pass. They were trying to do something to salvage this dead horse and <laughs> generate sympathy for him. So he's got COVID. Even the president got COVID. Oh, shut up. And uh, I, 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 it was pure political theater. That's all it was. If he was sick enough, if he was ever sick, well, any sicker than he normally is, um, sick at all, I think he would have needed a few more days in the hospital than two, but I don't believe he was in the hospital either. Um, if he was, it was for show. But it, this is what I'm saying. They put this stuff out like it's the God's truth, and you know in your gut it's a lie. You know they are telling you, and I have no respect for people, well, it's my job. They just give me the script, and I have to read what's on it. We'll get some morals. Because if you were any mm-hmm. kind of decent person, you couldn't do that. You you couldn't do that. But they lie to us all the time. And I, I don't know, Kaz, um, but they're going to come after us. All of us podcasters and everybody that's running a page on Facebook, you know, that's outing oh, yeah. stuff like the judicial system and guardianship. They're going to take us all mm-hmm. down. Um, mm-hmm. th- it's coming. And um, they're going to take us all down. And the only ones that will be left are the ones that go along with the government program. And uh, that ain't us. So no. <laughs> I keep telling everybody, get your addresses together of people because it may be the only way you can get in touch with them is privately because I don't think we're going to be on air. Uh, From everything I'm reading and watching, people like us, they want us to shut up. Um, Nobody was ever supposed to live us cause. Nobody was ever supposed to pay attention to us. But when we got this issue of guardianship all the way to D.C. in a public forum there, that was just too damn much. Things behind that exploded. I mean, just absolutely exploded. And, you know, as I was saying this next week, um, I will be leaving towards the end of the week to spend a few days out in D.C. I'll probably be back on Tuesday or Wednesday. But um, I just cause to go out there and listen to these people. Mm -hmm. They'll sit and lie to you right in your face. Mm -hmm. And when you say, you know, I don't really think that's the way things are which is a nice way of saying, you're lying, you're lying. Um, yeah. They turn around and tell you some more. And um, so we've got to figure out a different tactic, a different approach. And we, I believe, need to become more aggressive. Now, I am not talking physical violence or looting or anything else. I'm not saying right. that. But we have to become more aggressive in trying to stop this because asking them to do something is getting us nowhere. And if one more right. person says to me, Marty, you've got to be nice, Marty. Be nice or they're going to get mad and retaliate. Well, who is they and what the hell are they going to do to me? Um, you don't want to do anything to me. i got too many people who <laughs> will jump in and, behind me. And um, I think win. you're nice. So I think you're nice, Marty. I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I don't either because I try to I be. Know. You know what I do. I know we're chatting on the we're, we we chat on the phone because I got your I got your special phone number. So yes, yeah, yes. I'm I'm driving like around delivering my purple case. <laughs> yeah, 
and then my phone the one time and and my my phone's supposed to go over on a speaker in my car and it wasn't working and I think I kept calling you a couple times and you're like what's going on because you thought I was having an emergency I'm like no 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 oh I didn't know the call kept going through but we have fun driving around delivering my fruit bouquets we're chatting away on the phone getting all of our plans yeah yeah hey you know what else we were going to talk about on the oh go ahead what I said we, well, when we were talking about our notes, we were going to do some informative talk about scams that we put on um, the elderly and about the charities. We were going to do some a little exposure. So I, well, okay. So I looked all this up. So I started like researching charities. And the reason that is, is because some of like glory hog people are, running or like doing what are they called 501c and there's some yeah. other stuff it's yeah. like they're actually organized as nonprofits, and right. those and so then basically these non and now i think you're going to do a little more research than me like you can give money to these places and then they're tax deductible so as yeah. i started to look into charities Charities is a multi-billion dollar industry just running a charity, and charities are nonprofits, and they're just, um, I, I mean, it, they're billions and billions of dollars, and what we heard, we had Sharon Logo on the show a couple weeks ago, and she talked about the YMCA, basically had their right. hand at taking, a, what was that, $32 million estate? I yes. got to watch yes. it happen firsthand, you know, in my family. And how they do it is, and, and I feel like people need to be warned about this, because I experienced it firsthand. I sat in court and watched it happen. So if you give money to a charity, that's all traceable. And now they're going to come, and they could contest your will, because they're going to say, no, 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 no. That money wasn't meant to go to family members. It was meant to go to a charity, and then you have some charity person. Well, yeah, they, you know gave us $5,000 and they have this receipt and they, they told us they were going to, you know, leave the rest of their estate to us. And, and they, they're going in there and doing that kind of stuff. And the same with what Sharon was experiencing. They go in there and this is a new scam. So if you think that giving money to a charity is a good idea, you might want to think twice about that. I, it, you know, charity is in your own communities. You don't need to be, giving it out to these big billion-dollar companies that have CEOs that are making who knows how much money, and your your name is in their database now, and they can now target you and come after you. I would not – I just really think people need to be careful about giving money to any charities, especially if some sort of uh, glory hog would ha- be running any of these charities because it's kind of like a slippery slope. You know, once you start doing it, getting some money, you can get more money and more money and it just it just snowballs. So there's a web there was so much information at this one website, I couldn't even write it down and we would probably I just feel people should go read it before I just tell it because I think I would be talking about it for the next 5 hours, but it's called Charity Watch Hall of Shame. Just Google that. And there's a whole, it just lists everybody just down the line, big charities, 
things that everyone knows, these charities, and they list all their Hall of Shame, everything that they've done. I was shocked at some of the charities that were on that list, and they actually tell the stories of what was done in these charities. It's it's beyond disgusting. But one of the articles that when I was doing a little bit of research, we found it kind of listed the 10 scams that like to be put out on elderly people. And I thought it would be fun for us to just review them for everyone listening so they wouldn't fall prey to any of these scams. And one is the Medicare and health insurance scam, where we all the Medicare fraud that's going on in guardianship, they're just billing, billing, billing. We've talked about that a lot. The other, this is a scary one. The other one is counterfeit prescription drugs. So you think Ew. you're getting... Yeah, isn't that something? So you think you're getting some kind of drug that you actually need, and you're you're not getting that real thing. I mean, it, and then people like a lot of like care care workers can steal your drugs and sell your drugs, and I mean it's got really. If you are on any sort of prescription medication, watch it. The next one, and this is disgusting, and we've talked about this one before because I actually met, I actually had met someone who helped people plan funerals, the funeral and cemetery scam. And this gal that I had met, she used to help people plan, you know, prepay your your funeral, get your yeah. plots and everything, and 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 that that's all fine and well, but if you get put under guardianship. The guardian, and she told me that she saw this happen, and there's nothing she can do about it. The guardian can go in because they need to get paid, and they're going to sell your cemetery plot and take that money. Because some people put the money, like prepay and all this, take that money back. Yeah. So that when you do pass away, you don't even have a cemetery plot. That's disgusting. Oh, wow. That they can go These and raise that These people are ghoulish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is ghoulish. Yeah, oh, and so okay. some people can be sold like a hundred thousand dollar funeral cemetery plan. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really think you have to pay that much, but I mean that's the other yeah, the yeah. other um, fraud that's out there. This was another interesting fraud that I did not know was out there, and it's the anti aging products fraud, and it's really it's very dangerous going out and getting all this Botox work. And they said there's like a lot of like people that don't actually know what they're doing and they call it fake Botox. So as you're getting older, you're, you're beautiful. Stop going and trying to like do all this anti-aging stuff because that's one, that's the number four scam on the list is getting all this kind of procedures and we've all read like um what is it like plastic surgery gone wrong and all that kind of stuff you know and people just like craving that you know fountain of youth you need to be you need to like in your life accept who you are and and be very careful falling for that kind of stuff and you know what you're you're beautiful as you are and i just feel like as women we need to really support one another in that yes the thing is, as you age, you're in the process of decay anyway. Get over it. Everything expires. Everything ages. Yeah. Everything has a time limit. And, and like you said, Conch, enjoy where you are. Be glad you're yeah. still here. Uh, yeah. You know, you might have been a beauty when you're young, but you ain't now. So get over it. 
Um, mm-hmm. And neither are any of these people who are judging you. They act like they're going to be young forever. You, don't worry about what other people think. Take care of you. And you don't need Botox. And you don't need right. plastic surgery or lip implants or any of that stuff. Just be you. It's okay. Yeah. And, uh, it is. you know, it's just. And, yeah. And I feel like, like if I was going to go do those sorts of things, then I become a stumbling block to somebody else because then I'm saying, Hey, you're yes. not good enough because I went and did it. And so I do feel that in yes. our society, it is a vicious circle. And I found that to be a very interesting topic that was on this list of scams to watch out. And so that people are paying a lot of money and they're getting these basically being taken advantage for anti-aging products. And it's another scam that they're doing to the elderly. And I never thought about that before. And I just thought it really makes for a really interesting conversation that that's on the list. Of course, number five is the telemarketer and the phone scams. And I, I oh, mean, God. that's pretty self-explanatory, but, you know, now there's um, something, it's called spoofing your phone. So basically what can happen, and I actually had it happen on my phone. So it will look, what was it, how did that happen? It looked like uh, my son was calling me. So on the caller ID, it had my son's name and it had his phone number, but it wasn't him. And then they'll Mm -hmm. call. And then another time I had a guy text me and he's like, would you just quit calling me? And I was like, I'm not, I'm not calling you. What's like, I never called you anyway. He was a nice guy. We text back and forth and I called, I think, what did I have? I have Verizon. So I called Verizon and I'm like, Hey, this guy, and he screenshot it. I'm like, he's getting these phone calls from my cell phone and it's like telemarketer stuff. And he's getting really mad at me. And Verizon told me that it's called spoofing and they just get other people's phone numbers and they, and they just, you know, make it look like you're the one calling and bugging people. And I don't even know how you do it, but somehow like there's these Google. I don't either. Like you do, you set it up on Google. So if you're getting a phone call from a number and it will show up in your caller ID as that person and it's not them. That's that's wow. really scary to realize that someone can basically steal your cell phone and have it show up in your phone as, as you know, as that as, person calling As one you. of your contacts, yeah. Exactly, yeah. and it's not wow. them. So that's, I mean, that's yeah. it's called spoofing, and there's nothing you can do about it. The other thing is um, inter- the number six scam are the Internet fraud. Um, I mean, just fake websites, fake, you know, just, just got to be so careful out there on the internet, like um, the catfish thing, meeting people, just, you know, glory hogs are out there on the internet. I mean, you just got to be so careful what you're doing out on the internet. Number seven is the investment scheme. I am going to tell a personal story. So when my father was alive, I remember some guy from, um, a well-known kind of like mutual fund group was having a meeting with him. And I used to go, he was living here in Madison with me and I would take him up to for chemo three to four times a week. So I'd always go over there. So the guy was just leaving this guy he was meeting with that. I didn't know about this because you know, it was done secretly when the daughter wasn't around. So I'm looking at the information and what it was, was instead, and this is the scam. 
And luckily my dad didn't fall for it. And I just went, what? So what it was is that instead of giving your money away in a will to anybody, you would give it to this mutual fund company and they would own, okay, let's say for example, a million dollars. Okay. You're going to give a million dollars to this mutual fund company and then they're going to hold on to the million dollars and they're going to take fees off of it. And they're just going to divvy out money here and there to your beneficiaries. Now what happens when you do that is a, they have, they now hold your money and they're going to make investments and make, you know, big money off your money, but you're not going to get that dollar amount off the investment. They are, and they're going to start taking all these fees. So basically at the end of the day, what you thought you were giving to family members for inheritance, you just gave it to the mutual fund company because they're going to divvy out. Let's say if you have a, a million dollars, well, here's, 6000 a year for her and 6000 a year for him, and, and that's it. And you're not getting anything else. So that is And they're charging a scam. you a fee every time they yeah. – Uh-huh. And they're, so basically yep. every they're time finding they – Yeah. Yep. So they're finding elderly, and it looks like you're going to do this great job, you know, oh, because Marty – the money will last because the kids, you know, they're just going to get that money and they're going to blow it in like two months. And this way you can just divvy it out over the next 20 years. Well, basically you uh-huh. just gave all your money to that, to that insurance company, not to your, right. not to your loved ones. So that's, that's another scam. And there's other things that you can set up if you want to do something like that, if, if, unless a judge overrules it. And then, I mean, they can overrule every will there. But, I mean, don't fall for these investment schemes. The number eight one is the reverse mortgage. And we've had tons of guests and, you know, talking about the reverse mortgage. So you have to be very careful about the reverse mortgage. The number nine scam is sweepstakes, sweepstakes and lotteries that, you know, you're telling people that they've won, they've won some money and they just need your bank account and you just, you know, wire them like a thousand and then they're going to wire you 10,000. Don't fall for that. The other one here in Wisconsin, there used to be what was called, was it the Reader's Digest, Marty? And you would like, it was like a big sweepstakes and you would you yes. have to buy magazines or something and the more magazines you bought the more your like name went in the drawing well the state yes. of wisconsin is actually the state that sued them so that's why that's all stopped and they decided that that was a form ah. of elder abuse yep i know long ago i had an attorney and he worked on that case and he told me about it so, wow. yes, you just got to watch out for that because they'll act like, you know, if you do this, you have a chance to win. And, you know, a lot of elderly, they're, they're falling for it. The other, yeah. and this is, a, this is a really sad one. This is called the number 10 scam, and it's getting popular out there. It's called the grandparent scam. Now, A, we uh. already know how, to spoof phone, we know how to spoof phone numbers, right? So basically what you're going to get is, Someone's going to spoof a number and they're going to call you, Marty, and they're going to act like they're one of your grandchildren. And you might, you might, you know, hear a boy's voice or a girl's voice and, you know, they'll say, hey, grandma. And they're just going to wait for you to say, well, hey, little Susie. And then they're going to run with it. And little Susie needs some money. And you're going to, of course, oh. you're going to send little Susie. So that's, that's the new scam. So they're going to call and they're just fishing. They're going to say, hey, grandma. And you're going to assume a voice and they're going to just run. 
Isn't that sad? It is. So that it is. that is the grandparent scam. So just really be careful about all the spoofing and just these phone calls and just really make sure who, that you really know who you're talking to because people are pretending to be other people. And I had heard this, Marty, that as people um, – tell me if you've ever read if this is actually scientific or if, I, if it's just, you know it, – as people age, there's a part of the brain, and it's like a trust part. And in the elderly, it, it kind of um, – it kind of weakens, and that's why elderly are more susceptible to falling for these scams because they become more trusting and this this alarmist part of their brain where they're thinking that people shouldn't be trusted, that's kind of shut off, or they've lived in a different era where they're just more trusting of people. Have you heard, like, any scientific about, like, how the brain I, ages? I haven't. I I haven't, uh, but I know as people get older, they do become vulnerable, and I think it's just a natural wearing out of the system, and I think there's people out there that take advantage of those vulnerabilities, because there isn't a day that goes by that I don't get at least a half a dozen of dear loved ones, or dear Ms. Oakley, um, I represent part of your family that's over in, you know, Beetlejuice, Egypt, um, and you have seven. Five million American dollars waiting for you. Yeah, send me your banking information. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do that right away. Um, but these things all the time, uh, and because of my name, Marty, a lot of these female are supposed to be female because a lot of times it's men posing as females. Um, you know, I, I, dear beloved, you know, could we please speak? I, my heart desires you. Blah blah blah. Shut up, I ain't gay. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. This stuff comes yeah. in all the time. If you'll send me the money, I'll come immediately to be with you. No, I'm not sending you anything. Uh, but, you know, and then yeah. there's too, the net, like you say, it can be a dangerous place, even on Facebook. At least oh, once yeah. a week, I get hit at least once. And, you know, do you have kids? Are you married? Uh, you know, can we hook up? No, we can't. Please leave me alone. Um, the other one is, it's always a picture of some dude from a distance in a uniform. You couldn't identify him if you had to. Other than that, you can see that the uniform is being worn and there's a flag in the background. And they will tell you that they are on a peace. And this one comes into, um, you know, I need help. I'm on a peacekeeping mission in Syria. Uh, I was sent here by the UN and I need to get home. Can you help me out? If the UN sent you there, the UN will bring you home. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently a lot of particularly older women fall for this. And uh, honest to God, I, no, I will contribute money cause to people I know, uh, like every time somebody's doing a GoFundMe, you know, for their case to raise money for their case, I donate. I may not can give mm-hmm. them $20, but I'll give that. And I don't want to hear from, well, they're never, I didn't because they're, they're never going to reach their goal anyway. Well, if you don't help, no, they won't. But yeah. I always give. I give people I know, people I can verify, but these strangers that pop up out of nowhere and want money, yeah. no. And I do not give national charities. There's enough people right around here where I live that need help. I'll help them. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's a dangerous feel, time to be a 
It is. It is. And just with the rise of the Glory Hogs and the Glory Hogs, you know, having, is it 501C, that they can now take tax deductible. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is is a slippery slope. It's a very slippery slope. Yes, it is. And it just, I don't know. It's like you when you hit the age of 50, it's like you're just a target out there for everybody. And people automatically yeah. assume that you've lost your mind. <laughs> you know, you're 50 years old, you've lost your mind. And I'm telling you, the smartest, most coherent people I know, the most cognizant people I know, are in their 60s, their 70s, they're sharp-minded. And mm-hmm. but yet, see, this has been sold through the media, through TV, and all of these ads about you need to look younger, you need to, you know, take this pill and make you like you were when you were 20. You were never like mm-hmm. that when you were 20, so shut up. Um, you know, but what I'm saying is this image has been sold to us of who we are supposed to be, what we're supposed to be like when we get into these age groups. And yeah. And there are cases that may be like that. They may be losing their marbles a little bit. They may be forgetful a lot of the time. Um, they may be vulnerable and gullible where they wouldn't have been before. But that isn't all of us. Those are the exceptions, right. actually. But they have hyped it up so that the general public thinks everyone who hits the age of 50 is an idiot. And wants to look like they're 20. No, I don't. So, mm-hmm. um, but that's what you're dealing with. We are so susceptible to what we are fed. And, uh, that you know, and that too, because all the idea that all of these phone scams and everything could go on. I think it's odd that the government has no trouble locating us if they want to, taking us to court if they want to. And telling yeah. us everything we did minute by minute, days on end, but they can't stop these internet scams. <laughs> and they cannot mm-hmm. stop these faked up charities. I remember you when you were speaking about it, it made me think about here some years ago, the Goodwill stores. I used to give mm-hmm. to Goodwill all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I saw yeah. where the CEO of Goodwill made several millions of dollars and that and see, my perception of goodwill was that they, you know, take these donations, they sell them, they help to help people that are disadvantaged, you know, that mentally challenged or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out they are only required to donate four percent of their income, their net income, four percent of it to help disabled people. And here they're operating on a nothing budget. They they don't pay for anything for inventory. Uh, so they're selling all of that at an ab- almost an absolute profit. You've got your right. operating expenses, yes, and some payroll expenses, yes, but not like you would be if you were regular department store, you know, retail store. And yeah. but their whole guys, and they get these tax breaks, all of this, you know, nonprofit crap. And here they're only giving four percent. The other one was. Um, Years ago, and I think this has been corrected, was disabled American veterans. Same thing. People were donating to it left and right and come to find out they were running these stores called the DAV, uh, thrift Mm -hmm. stores. And they were only required to give 1% of their net to disabled veterans to help them out. 
when that got exposed, I believe that was changed. But when you're dealing with these charities, look them up. If you feel compelled to give mm-hmm. your money to people you don't know, look them up and see how they're rated. My advice would be donate close to home where you can see what's being done with your money and know that it went where you wanted it to go to do what you wanted it to do. But, you know, don't don't fall for this. I, I don't know. In all this stuff we have to deal with, cause and then have to deal with this on top of it, you know, is just... Yeah. Insane. I, have, I don't know. I so what else fun, is up on the agenda? Well, I have a nice charity story. I'm going to tell a really nice charity story. So after my father died, we and my mom had already died, and we, you know, how people give money for the um, the memorial. So we ended up. Yes. And, um, we ended up that we had twenty thousand dollars, and my parents were very into um, into education, and so my father had gone to a high school in D.C. called Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson. And so we contacted, and we wanted to give that as a scholarship fund. Well, there's a guy, um, he's an alumni. He was actually in Harvey's class. Um, he's a rich guy. He owns Berkshire Hathaway. What is his name, Artie? He's like one of the richest guys in the I world. I don't know. I can't remember his no, name. Not, anyway, not he went to that high uh, school. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you know, he's old. He would be in his late 80s right now. But he was an alumni there. So that school, they didn't even want my dad's $20,000 because this guy and driving me crazy what his name is. It's on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, he's, he's the, the main guy at Berkshire Hathaway. He went to Woodrow Wilson high school in Washington, DC. Anyway, he, um, he takes care of that high school. So they don't need any $20,000 from us. And you know what? Kudos to him for doing it. It's a charter school. It's a beautiful yeah. school it is well taken care of. So then, you know, I thought about the college that my dad went to, and it was um, Cornell up there in, in New York. And I'm like, nope, you know what? Everyone who yes. goes there is going to make a lot of money. They don't need any more money. And my mom would, loved music, and we started to think. Anyway, long story short, I had remembered hearing about a couple that lived in Janesville, Wisconsin, and, and they were both deaf, and they had gone over to India, and they had started a school for the deaf, and it was called the Kovai School for the Deaf. And what's really sad in India is that there's a birth defect, that there is a very high percentage of children that are being born deaf in, in, that, um, in that continent of India. And what happens is that they end up being um, used in, like, sexual perversion ways. And yeah. that's basically what, it, what happens to people who are deaf it's like they don't really have work skills and so this is this is just the most disgusting reality of what's happening to these to these deaf children that are being born and the they don't have like an american sign language over there it's almost like every little region has their own sign language so that it they don't uh-huh. even have like a unifying sign language so this family they've probably been over there over 30 years now <laughs> i had found out about it so you know what i did I found I hunted them down and we donated $20,000 to this school in India and we got a letter back and now I'm going to try not to cry Marty do you know what the school did what $20,000 but eight children were eight eight children were going to go to school this was a boarding school so these kids lived at the school so they were safe right it was going to put eight children through the boarding school, not for one year, but from K through 12. 
that is what $20,000 can buy you in India at a school for the deaf. And I feel so good about that donation that we did. And we had, we got thank you letters from some of the kids that were at the school. And it was just like, if you really research it, you can really find a, a good thing to, you know, do for, you know, do, do with your money that you want to do for a donation. And it went directly, you know, it was a, it was a great, it was a great thing. And I'm, I'm just really happy that that's where it all ended up going. And it just, you know, so yeah, wow. when you want to do your donations, like do your research and make it really make a difference. And it's just like, what's that saying? It's mm-hmm. better to give than to receive. I don't know that Glory Hawks yep. know that, but if you actually <laughs> do give, it's like, I mean, I'm just like choked up thinking about all $1,000 bought in <laughs> India at a school for the deaf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And you know what, Marty, while we're on it, we were talking about, remember long ago we had a segment, Cousin Marty's Bible Hour? Yeah. And we have, and because, yes. you know, because we do it like no church will ever do it. And so I found <laughs> a nice, I found, I'm going to just read the one paragraph, because back in the day, Jesus had to deal with glory hogs, Marty. And oh, no. here, uh-huh, and I'm going to read you. I'm going to read you the Bible passage of Jesus and the glory hog, and we're going to discuss it. And it's Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. Therefore, okay. when, thou, when thou doest thy alms, do not, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Does that sound like a glory hog? <laughs> even says, yeah. they will have glory of men. That they're sounding the trumpet. Yeah. Look what I look at me, look at me. Yep. So even back yep. in the day and times of Jesus, they were having to deal with glory hogs. It's just yeah. not good there because as what yeah, it says they have the that's that's all you get for a reward is your puffed up sense of self worth. And that is yes. it. Yeah, you know, and I if there's know. any glory uh, hugs listening, they people can change. Heed the warning. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I say, because we've accomplished what we have, because we keep a low profile, and we aren't out there tooting our horn. We aren't out there talking about everything we're involved in and what all we've managed to be able to do. And uh, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I think here's some years ago, I had been in this about five or six years at the time. And I had gone to a, a large meeting down by the Twin Cities. And it was people who, they all had elderly parents, this and that, many of whom had been caught up in guardianships. And this one family, I had I had never met them, but I had worked with them over the phone. I knew they were a black family. And the grandmother had been guardianized uh, out of nowhere it turns out grandma had a pretty sizable estate and they decided somebody did that they wanted it well anyway we went to board this was one of my first hands-on experiences with a case Mm -hmm. and so we we dove in and stayed with this family all the way through this and I actually did go to court and I was going to speak you know uh but um, 
the attorney actually did represent the family, made a very good effort to represent them. And I have to say this, that towards the end of it, the hearing examiner was looking. There was about six of us sitting behind the family, wanted to know who each of us were and why we were there. So it gets down to me. I said, I'm Marty Oakley. And I said, I'm here because I do a radio show on guardianship abuse and corrupt probate tribunals. And I wanted to <laughs> see firsthand how these things were conducted. The decision didn't come that day. It came about four days later, and they let her out of the guardianship. Wow. And so I'm at this meeting. I'm at this meeting. And there's there was probably, because I'm guessing, about 60, 70 people there. And across the room from me, it was like a luncheon, and, and they were talking about what was happening and who, you know, who was a good attorney and who was this and what could we do about it, that type of meeting. But it was over a luncheon, and so I'm mm-hmm. sitting there listening. But I see off to my right, I see this large black man just barreling down on me. And I thought, oh, God, what in the hell did I do? And he came over to me, and he said, are you Marty Oakley? And I said, yes. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm Tom. And it took a minute for it to register. I said, oh, you're Ruby's son. He said, yes, ma'am. And he just grabbed me, swooped me up, grabbed me and hugged me. He said, we just loved you. He said, we were hoping you were going to be here. He said, we were told you were. And he said, my mother would like to meet you. Would you please come over? He said, please do her the honor. I said, yes. So I went over there. Here's this little lady. And I mean, she was tiny. She's 86 years old. Wow. in a wheelchair. And so he came dragging me over there, and uh, he said, and when I say dragging me, this man had a foot stride of six feet. You know, I'm five foot five. I got two, a two-foot stride. Anyway, he drags me over there, and he said, Mama, it's her. And she started crying, and I said, Ruby, Aww. why are you crying? And she said to her son, she said, Tom, stand me up and he said mama he, she said stand me up so i can hug this honorable woman and it was one of the most humbling moments of my life and he held her yeah. up so that she could i told her i said i'll lean down no no i want to stand up and so he stood her up when he set her back down she said i i have to show you something i brought something to show you just in case you were here and she pulled out a picture of her holding this baby. She said, this is my great, great grandchild. And I would have never been there for this picture if it hadn't been for you. She said, they would have killed me. And because oh. it's wow. you know, been, those moments have been here and there. Mm-hmm. But it was one of the things that kept me going because, and you know, you, you're always talking about God and faith and everything. But I was right at the point in all of this that I thought, I'm not doing any good. I need to I need to get out of this, you know. Oh, my um, gosh. I'm, I'm going to – and hear this woman, and, of course, I caught fire. And um, – mm. but I always thought it was rather odd. But it, it just um, – I don't know. She said it meant Those everything called, to know you were in that – Wow. Those are called in divine the appointments. that day. Oh, yeah, yeah, apparently. And, and I um, think you we you had to have a divine appointment with me because you're stuck with me as a friend on your secret <laughs> cell phone. <laughs> there, on my secret cell phone, you're the only one that has a number. And uh, well, I think there's three of you that have it. 
and uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um, but the, like I say, you have those moments, and I think every advocate out there has had those moments where you yes. think, you know, what am I doing? This isn't working. We, we, you know, it's pointless. It's futile. And then one of these moments, and I like I say, I think every advocate has had them, where yeah, there, there's this sudden, for lack of a better word, payoff. There is this yeah. sudden recognition that all of your efforts, all of it was worth it, if it was just for this one time. And because yeah, I've talked absolutely. to other people who said the same thing, you know, that they, you know, were beating their head in the wall and felt just, you know, defeated and everything else. And then some little something like this. Um, Ruby, by the way, passed away about six months later. And I oh. did attend her funeral. And, um, wow. you know, out of respect family, I had worked with them for over a year on the phone. I had never met any of them in person. And, um, wow. but I did attend her funeral. And, uh, but it just, it, like I say, it's those moments you wait for them, you hope for them. Sometimes it seems like they're never going to come, but they do. And it's what keeps you going. And, you know, yeah. um, I've seen a lot of people fall along the wayside during this. You know, I just can't deal with it, and I understand that. I do, um, because this stuff wears you out. It and, does. You know, it it just I live it, sleep it, eat it. <laughs> you know, and uh, it it just wears you out, and um, it's a lot to deal with every day. But after a while, you get to the point where you compartmentalize it. Yeah. So that it isn't consuming everything, you know. It, yeah, but we got yeah about you have to pick it up instead stuff. of it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we got 10 minutes. Yes. We're just having a good old time. Yeah. Yes. So what did you want to close with? Um, we did We did um, church, so. <laughs> we did. We've, 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 had our, we've had our sermon, our, and we talked about glory hogs. I mean, it's just. Nothing new under the sun, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, just I, to think that that they exist, they existed back then, and and it's just a warning. Like, I, I really feel, I I actually think a glory hog probably would never think that they are, and that's a scary thing. Yeah. And I just wonder if yeah. like to care, like if we if we actually want to like care about people, like maybe maybe search search yourself and think. Has have I gotten phone calls where they've said, "Leave me alone"? What do you call? You know, like give like some of these examples. And yeah. like, if that's if that's you, and if if what what we've said is things that you've experienced, maybe it's time to just maybe do a little soul searching and think, "Oh my gosh, am am I a glory hog?" And and. Yeah. If you are a glory hog, I mean, gosh, Marty, what's the cure? I mean, is there a cure for glory hog? Yeah, there's got to be. But what is what is the cure? I mean, yeah. that's I guess the last ten minutes. Let's give the cure. The cure is I humility. Don't the, go ahead. I, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if a glory hog. I mean, everyone's everyone can change, but the cure would be humility. I would say maybe go out and do something nice for somebody. And don't tell a soul about it, and see how that no. feels. Maybe that's maybe that's like let's yeah. give homework assignment. Do that. Maybe yeah. do something like you might have that coworker that you don't like. Go send them flowers and just um, don't sign your name, 
and just know that you did something yeah. good. Do you know? And yeah. think of, think of someone that might not even be your favorite person, and go and go do something well, nice for them. You one you of know? the things I did when the my granddaughters uh, were still with me before they graduated, and what we would do. Um, there was a lot of elderly people in the area where we lived, and what we would do is we would make sure their lawn was mowed or their snow was shoveled. Um, we cleaned houses. We cooked. We we did laundry, whatever they needed. Um, it doesn't have to be money. A little bit of effort goes a long way. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's things like that. And I think by getting the kids involved, um, it taught them humility. This could be you someday. This could be mm-hmm. you that needed your sidewalk shoveled. You know, your car, you yeah. know, you can't drive, you know, the driveway cleaned out. Um, you know, it, this could be you someday that needs that help. And I do believe in karma. And um, yeah. so, you know, but I think it's a good teaching thing for children. And one of the things that has concerned me over the last several years is the conditioning of young people to thinking that if you reach what we call old age, you know, which is now they consider 50 to be senior citizen. But if you hit that age, you you really have no reason to continue living. And, and I, you know, the yeah. 70, they think you ought to voluntarily exit uh, because you're using up things that they need. I don't know what it is they think they need. But anyway, uh, but they're being conditioned to accept the elderly as a disposable waste population that needs to be done away with. We need to change that. Um, And I've noticed this is seeping actually into families where the kids think the grandparents ought to just go on and give it up or, you know, they're old. And, um, you know, we need to work on changing that. And so we need to, I think come up with some ideas on how we could do that. I I don't like this at all, um, where this is going. I was watching a a video here recently on, uh, they were questioning young people, 30 and younger, about their views on euthanasia and homicide, like practiced by hospice, where they Mm -hmm. kill people with massive doses of Haldol and uh, morphine. And what did they think about that? Well... You know, they've had a long life. Well, what are they doing? They aren't doing anything, so why are they here? And I thought, oh, my God, this is disgusting. You know, um, how did we come to this? But just this, it was like a detachment. And they were then asked, what if it was your grandparents? And almost without exception cause, these kids said, oh, I, I won't even talk to them. Oh, and so this, yeah, this separation of the family I've heard for years about, you know, how gay people and, uh, you know, are, they're, they're destroying the traditional American family. No, they aren't. Mm-hmm. Two people that you don't know or have no effect on you. The only people with the ability and the means and the intention to do that is the government. And they're doing a real good job. And uh, once they establish these tribunals and hospice as the Grim Reaper, 
Um, that's who's splitting up the family. They're the only ones with the power to do it. People you don't know and yeah. never met and never will have no effect on you. It is the government. They're the only ones with the power to do it. So we need to re-educate there. Those people, that's what kills me about people in government. It never stops to occur to them that everything that's happening to us could happen to them. They think it won't. And in many cases it won't, but there's going to be those cases where it does. And how loud are you oh, going to yeah. scream now? You know, um, but this idea that as older people we have no value. We shouldn't be here. I'm hearing this resonating too much with the young people and um so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to work on that we got about four minutes cause what do you want to wrap up with oh my goodness um let's wrap up with a homework assignment we can't go into the nursing homes right now because of covid it's like this is terrible 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 but you know what you can send cards adopt a nursing home and like the thing is is that we can't change the world but you can do make a better difference just like one person at a time it's the starfish story have you ever heard the starfish story marty yes 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 well we'll let we'll end in the starfish story so um, a man and his grandson are walking along the road and along the shore and all these starfish they they just came up onto the sand. I mean, and there's thousands of them and they're dying because they came out of the water and the grandpa is just picking up the starfish and he just, as he's walking, he throws one back into the water and the grandson said, grandpa, why are you throwing the starfish back in the water? You'll never save them all. Look how many there are. And the grandpa said, see this starfish right here? And he said, and he held that one starfish in his hand and the grandson said, yep. And then he threw it in the water and he said, I just made a difference for that one. And so I guess go out and make a difference for just one. Because that makes a difference. Good story. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I don't know. Well, this went fast, Cause. I hope everybody enjoyed this show as much as I did. And, of course, Cause, you know, we had to have Bible hour. And um, so (laughs) it was amazing. She found in the book of Matthew. Yes, a discussion on glory hogs. Who in the world knew back at that time they had glory hogs? But we should have realized it. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, avoid the glory hogs at all costs. Um, yes. Just like I say, if, you, if you're having issues, find a group that you can work with. Stick with that group. Please do not jump from one group to this group to that group. And be trying to work all of these people because you're going to mess not only them up, but yourself. Get with one yeah. group where you have a focused plan. I don't care who it is or what it is, where you have a focused plan and stay with that. If Unless you see reason, you should not. But please don't go to you know various groups, numerous groups, and be taking everybody's advice. And then it, it, it's just a recipe for disaster. Um Get with a group that you can trust. I say don't care who. And work with them. And it will make things easier for everybody. But in the meantime, we will be back. And I want to remind everyone, I will be leaving the end of next week for D.C. And I should be back by Tuesday, Wednesday at the latest. I'm going to try and do the radio shows um, and taking the laptop. So 
we'll see if we can do the radio shows from the laptop <laughs> with a headset. Who knew? We'll see. Anyway, um, we'll be back. You know we will, much to the chagrin of many. And <laughs> but that's too bad. <laughs> Cause thanks for joining me tonight, everybody. Thank, thank you, you for tuning in. And if you have any comments, uh, you know that you'd like to make about tonight's show or things you've heard, um, if you got any opinions, anything you want to express, get a hold of us at T S. That's Twisted Sisters, Rad R A D one, T S Rad one at Outlook dot com. We'll get back to you. And everybody, thank you for tuning in. Cause as always, thank you for being with me. And good night, everyone. Good night.